0: From the number one best-selling author of Life Rescripted, you're now tuning in to the Year of Purpose podcast. I'm Zef and Moses Blacksburg. And since 2004, Jason Van Orden has worked with entrepreneurs, content creators, and thought leaders to help them build an online presence. It's his mission to help you have a greater impact in the world by sharing your message, telling your story, and executing your ideas more fully, freely, and effectively. Jason runs Internet Business Mastery and has a podcast on iTunes all about how to escape the nine-to-five, make more money, and start an internet business. Welcome, Jason.
1: Hey, there, Evan. Thanks for having me here.
0: Yeah, so we met at Podcast Movement, and I think, like, I don't know, someone might have said, like, hey, you got to hear this guy's story, and, and connected us, and we just started chatting. And as soon as you started talking, I was like... Man, like we need to record this. Like I don't have anything to record this with. This has to happen. So, uh, welcome to you know being a participant on our summit. And you know I'd really love for you to share. Maybe just uh, let's go with where are you right now, and then we'll kind of do a rewind and talk about how you got to where you are.
1: How I got here. Right. Okay. So, um, so where I am right now physically is New York City. But having I just moved back from Paris, um, France, and that's significant because that was a huge, as I shared with you, a huge lifestyle achievement was. Living in Paris, France, with my family for a year. Uh, like you said, for over a decade, I've been an entrepreneur. I've been helping other entrepreneurs, teaching them the you know the skills, the marketing, the branding, and things like that to help them get going. Uh, After doing this for a decade, I mean, it's incredibly fulfilling and I still enjoy doing our show, but I'm in this interesting spot and also a fortunate spot to be pivoting and to be thinking about the next level of fulfillment or legacy that I want to create in the world, Uh, kind of achieved a certain level of lifestyle that I always wanted and and not really feeling as driven to increase my lifestyle any more than I already have. And um, so it's been the last six months have been a really interesting pivoting um, experience for me, both in recalibrating for what fulfills me most in life, um, and and next steps of a new brand that I want to build moving forward, and you know just putting all the blocks in place, or rather the dominoes in place, to achieve some really big goals that I'd like to uh, achieve in the next few years. So it's been a process of reflection over over a decade of year of. of experience both doing and teaching this stuff and a process of uh, visioning and looking forward and so it's um exciting time it's an exciting time in my life
0: absolutely and so what i really like just in your honesty what comes out is that uh, and this is something that i was talking to a couple people about recently is that a lot of people think that they they like find their purpose and like 50 years go by and like that's that's what you <laughs> right. do for the next 50 years right right and, and it's not how it works at all Um, So I really like to hear how you are kind of in this transitional phase, you've been very grateful for, you know, what's happened up until this point, Uh, but it sounds like it's really set you up to think much more clearly on where you want to go, you know, from here on out, uh, and with what changes and goals you want to set for the future. So. Obviously, you wound up overseas uh, for quite some time. Uh, you got to make some pretty uh, pivotal decisions in your life. What happened to get you there? Where were you, you know, like two years ago that that took you to that point?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's been a. Certainly, an interesting journey over the last decade. I, I quit my job back in 2003, cold turkey, because I had discovered I was no longer employable, and honestly, I I had no idea. Like, I, there's no way I could have envisioned what I would be doing um, today. Um, and and you know, podcasting has been a, a key portion of that. Podcasting didn't even exist when I first struck out on my own to become an entrepreneur or just find another path. Um, but there have been some really interesting key, key milestones um, along the way. And, and so you know there's there's been a, a learning process. One, one of the most important things that I, that I draw from the last um, decade is learning what it is that I have to best bring to, bring to the world, what it is that are my unique strengths that not only energize and fulfill me, but that I, where I create my best value for for others and helping them you know live um, better lives and um, you know so specifically two years ago I was in the middle of having a you know a healthy multiple uh, six figure business that, that was enabling me to do my unique ability of, of teaching and inspiring people to take action and to take bold action towards uh, lives of increasing fulfillment and freedom and uh, enjoying that, that thoroughly, and then getting to a place both uh, financially and freedom wise. I and mean, when we talk about financial freedom, but we also talk a lot about. Um, you know, freedom of location and and all these other forms of freedom that I think we're all going for, and um, all of a sudden, my wife and I just found ourselves in this position where where um, we remembered when we got engaged that we wanted someday to live in Paris, France, and and here's kind of a let me share just maybe a little bit of a something that I think is pretty serendipitous and inspiring about this story. And we, we got engaged in the year 2000 short, like right before we were graduating from college and as many newly engaged people do thinking about their lives together, talked about what are some of the places we'd like to live, the things we'd like to do. And even back then, again, when I thought I was just going to be an employee guy, I had an engineering degree. Like we said, how cool would it be to live in France? For whatever reason, we both felt this affinity to live in France. right? And, um, a few years later, we—I I, was—I was working as a or, or trying to strike out and make a career as a real estate investor. That was one of the things. So I had quit my job and I read Robert Kiyosaki, and he talks a lot about real estate. So I was like, well, I guess that's what I'll do—is real estate, right? Um, and one of the things I did to motivate myself was I—I I wrote a check to myself for like $5,000 and I put it on the bathroom door. I think I'd read that in one of the books. Like, here's how you like, you know, have vision and motivate yourself. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll do that. Check to myself, trip to France, $5,000. Here it is on the bathroom door. Um, and within about six months, I closed my first deal. It was for $17,000. Um, the responsible thing probably would have been to put that into savings and, and you know, could give myself a cushion for building the future of entrepreneurship because I'm still very much a fledgling uh, entrepreneur with uh, pie in the sky goals and I think I was just very optimistic about how things are going to continue and I was like, so we we spent that $5,000 going on a trip. It just happened to be on our fourth anniversary and we went to Paris, France, spent 10 days there. While we were there, we, we went up to an area called Montmartre, which is in the 18th r small of, of Paris and people might recognize that as the place where the big Sacre-Cœur Basilica is up on the hill with the dome and it gives you a view out over um, Paris and it's a very artsy bohemian part of Paris that we really, really like it. It fits our, our vibe and, and it's, it's fun to walk the steps and winding streets of this. And after we went inside the Basilica, we were walking down the steep steps and stopped at a, uh, at the landing, a little plaza, of one of these steps and, and sat down at a cafe and, uh, and we had a conversation. How cool would it be as we looked around at these buildings and apartments in that area? How cool would it be to live here in this neighborhood of Paris someday? Um, still having no idea how we are going to make that happen. Maybe a little more than when we got married or when we were going to get married because at least we were free of employment and had like, yeah, well, if we just like make enough money or get enough investments, maybe we can make that happen someday, right? Um, anyway, so fast forward to last year when we were we arrived in Paris. We had an Airbnb for a couple months or a couple weeks and we were just landed there and we we're looking uh, for kind of a more permanent place to live. And I went to an agency and had them show me some apartments to live uh, live in I t- kind of told them what I was looking for and I'd like to live in that neighborhood if possible and they said okay we've got one for you to check out and I walked into that and um, you know went immediately into the living room area that was going to be the office and looked out the windows and boom up there on the hill view of the Coeur Basilica and I'm like well that's pretty dang cool I was like I'll take it this place is <laughs> awesome um, and feeling very fortunate to be in a position to do that right and what I – and after we signed the papers on that and I was walking around the neighborhood, what I realized is um, right outside the window. So not only was there a view of the basilica up here, but there's uh, these steep steps down below that actually show up in a lot of movies. A lot of people – it's kind of a quintessential spot for like that area that's shown in a bunch of French movies. I walked up those steps and got to the top of those steps um, just uh, from you know, up above this apartment. And immediately I recognized the multicolored tables. Of the, ca- of the cafe that Melanie and I, my wife and I had sat at, let's see, it would be nine years before. Wow. You know, let's see, 2004, then it was 2015, 14, 10 years, a decade before. Wow. And dreamed about someday living in that neighborhood. So literally up, you know, a couple hundred, like a hundred yards maybe up these steps and there it was. It was this thing that like manifested in my life or that I had made happen. And it was just like, so there was like this peak Lifestyle experience, which had a number, which I'm sure we'll talk about, had a number of impacts on, but it was obviously very filling to realize, like, whoa, coming full circle here. How awesome is it, like, you know, to reflect back on that and, and to see that story? So that was kind of a roundabout story or answer, but I think it kind of sums up, like, this journey that I've been on for the last 10 years, not only to build, like, lifestyle for myself, but then also to do it through leveraging my unique strengths of being able to teach. Um, in a way that allows others to also live lives of increasing purpose and fulfillment and and freedom as well
0: yeah and and it's so cool to hear that you know this was a goal of yours and i've been finding it so much more with people that are setting the intentions of like hey like i want that and that's that's what's going to happen for me in the future uh but the important part i think is having patience because so many people want to be like "Eh, next week like i want to happen now you know and it's like that that's not gonna happen right right so I think it's really cool that you were at least able to, you know, really set that intention and be like, you know, one day this is going to happen and, you know, maybe it's not next week, maybe it's not next month or year, but it's I mean that moment for you must have made like the hair stick up on your arm or something because it's It like, was chilling. Yeah, it was like
1: chills and the yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean 10 years later to look back and it's like the same restaurant and it's so funny because I haven't had any an experience where it's like that far apart but it's like a year ago, I had an amazing uh, trip to San Francisco and I loved it. And there was this one place we went for coffee one day and they were known for like, all they serve is coffee and toast. And if you're ever in San Francisco, it's called (laughs) the mill. It's right by the painted ladies. It's such a cool place. Nice. And my buddy called me up yesterday and he's like, you know, I'm looking for places to go in San Francisco. Like I just booked my trip. We're getting ready to go. Like, what should I do? And I'm like, You've got to find this place. And so I'm like on Google Maps because I couldn't remember what it was called. I'm like, I thought mm-hmm. it was here. And I'm like on street view. I'm like, oh, wait, like I remember this building front. And I started like moving down the street. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's the place. I remember what it looked like. We walked by this building. And so it's really cool to have that moment of like, you know, finding that again and, and mm-hmm. being able to go back to that. So that's got to be awesome. But to that same point in that moment, a lot of things probably change in your life. Like that's probably one of those moments where you look back and you're like, everything is going to be different from here on out. Right.
1: Mm. Right. Yeah. So it was, we spent one year in France and there were some really interesting phases that, um, that we went through Of course there's like, I guess you could call it the honeymoon phase. Like the first uh, couple of weeks, you just feel like you're on vacation. Um, now my wife had a remote, uh, job. I still had my business to run. So it wasn't like we were just there for a year to do nothing but, you know, just sightsee or whatever. Yeah. But it felt like that for the first couple of weeks. Um, and of course you move into this amazing place with this view and realize like I realized that, like that story I just told and that's all you know. And then um you know about a couple months in, you start noticing, oh, going and getting that amazing baguette down the street, um, walking out my door and looking up at incredible architecture um, going for an evening bike ride past the Louvre, like these things almost, it's easy to start taking them for granted. Right. Um, and you know, immediately I tried to catch myself in that and like, like, look, no, this is something I dreamed about for years. This is something people would die to have this experience. I don't want this year to go by and just have taken the whole thing for granted. Right. So it was an interesting wake up call, um, in that respect. And, and you know, to varying degrees, I was successful in that. But also, I would say about a half year, half a year into this one year, you know, stay in France, I started having these really, um, I don't know, unsettled feelings or like you know, something like that. Just fire of the day to day was disappearing, and and it was really kind of confusing because I'm like, look, I'm living this dream of being in Paris, France, and I've got a great business. Like, why, you know, I've got a wonderful daughter. My wife's got a great job. Like, we're so fortunate. Um, but you also have to listen to those feelings and go, okay, well, what is, what's awry here? What's not right? Um, and I think, I think what it was is like, uh, if I were to sum it up, I, I, was ending like every day I was fighting against this feeling of not enough. Okay. Whether it was like, I didn't do enough today or I don't have enough in my life or, Hey, what's the next thing I want to achieve? Um, and scientists call this a number of different things. One thing they call it is the arrival fallacy, where we have this idea that once we reach a pinnacle goal, whether it's, oh, once I'm out of school, once I'm a parent, once I have that dream job, once my, uh, my online business course, uh, this course I'm creating is done, you know, then, you know, then I'll be happy. Then things will be easy. Then I can, you know, take a break. Then I can feel good about myself. But the truth is like the moment we arrive there, it's like this horizon, like the ship on the ocean. You know, I've, if you've ever been on a cruise or even at the beach and you look at that horizon and like, you know, if you start going towards it, well, it just keeps moving farther away. There's a gap. Um, and if you're not very mindful about that gap, it leads to a whole lot of dissonance and dissatisfaction. And I was, I mean, Still, of course, recognizing as I talk about this, how incredibly fortunate I was to be in that situation, it was, it didn't feel good. And I was like, okay, well, this is, you know, here I've achieved like this pinnacle lifestyle goal, the biggest thing I could probably imagine when I quit my job in 2003. And like, I'm immediately like just unsettled and, and not happy about it. So, um, how do
0: you, you know, combat that? Cause you can't just say, all right, I'm going to wake up
1: tomorrow morning and, <laughs> and, and just like snap out of it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Excellent question. And, um, you know, after a couple months of like, just like trudging through this and being like, what's wrong with me? Um, I did start doing some, you know, a bit of research and, and of course it, Themes like mindfulness came up, yeah, and that's and that's becoming more mainstream and rightfully so. I think it's incredibly important, especially in Western culture. That's a great way to fight against that not enough. Or for me, it's also perfectionism and and um, you know, and so it's learning to you know be more present in the moment. Now I say that as if it's easy. It's not. Like I'm still working on it. Um, and I finally did start. Um, doing something, you know, some journaling, some writing, some meditation, you know, just playing around with like, okay, what can I do to start pulling myself back into um, the present moment to appreciate what I have now? And then also recognizing it's like, well, maybe part of this is saying it's okay to have a little bit of that unsettledness. It's like part of me saying, well, maybe some, there's something about what you do have right now. That's not a good fit for what you, you need that it's not fulfilling certain needs that I have. Um, and probably one of the best things I did as I was talking to my wife about this, is she encouraged me to go on a personal retreat, um, which is an idea we both talked about and a friend of mine had mentioned that he did that annually and it kind of stuck in my mind and, and I still hadn't done it even a couple years later. And here I'm in Europe and I'm like, okay, well, this is a fantastic opportunity to go visit a city. And I just kind of thought like, okay, well what would, um, you know, change of scenery is always a good thing. So I was like, okay, I need, I want to go somewhere that'll be exciting and new and novel. Um, I can be on my own, do a bit of writing, journaling, enjoying a new culture. Um, and just have a few days to, and it turns out I ended up doing three of these retreats over about a two or three month period, one in Amsterdam, one in Prague and one in Barcelona. Um, and this was really, really helpful for me. There's something about the change of scenery. And for me, I really feed off of like this fascination and novelty. So like diving into walking the streets and seeing the different architecture of Prague. So it was like bringing me out of that, like, okay, Paris is becoming every day for me. Let's go somewhere different and new. And that gave me a certain energy. And also I'm a, I'm a bit of an introvert. So I like having some of that, like alone time. I don't mind walking the streets alone, sitting in a restaurant alone, going to a concert alone. Um and I you know I took some books with me I I did some meditation I did journaling and a lot of reading I listened to some inspiring podcasts and audiobooks and just kind of like allowed some things to unfold and eventually um over those three personal retreats um a few key things did emerge that were a bit of like the compass that I could use to start pointing me um more in alignment with what my needs were because like everything that i had built to that point were probably based on a lifestyle design and needs that i and strengths and, and desires that i had laid out for myself at a prior time and those are going to change over time so as much as i'm sitting here talking about mindfulness and gratitude for what you have you also have to continually check in with yourself and recalibrate and uh, i noticed some places or some some goals or some pla- ways that I, I in fact what it ended up being is i noticed oh i'm hitting some upper limits here um, upper limits being given my current mindset, giving my current way of operating, my current um, surroundings, my current uh, systems and and team members and 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 structures and that are in my life, I've kind of hit the maximum I can do with those things, and so now I've got to start picking that apart and seeing where I can start raising that ceiling and breaking through. And and those personal retreats were really insightful for helping me do that.
0: So I, I'm curious to hear from you because I've experience a lot of similar things. First of all, I took uh my first retreat was in August of last year um for like 4 days, a lot of time to journal, a lot of time, you know, in nature uh with an amazing group of people who are all doing the same thing. Um and I I fully intend on doing it, you know, once a year from here on out. Yeah. Um it, and I like you, you know, enjoy that alone time of I can walk into a restaurant and be perfectly happy on my own. Right. Um so it, I wonder, cause when you talk about hitting the ceiling, uh, you know, someone brought up an interesting thing to me. Many of us entrepreneurs tend to be workaholics and we work very mm. hard and we work towards what we want. Does it get to a point though, where it's like, you know, you're doing so much that you kind of have to take a step back and say, like, if I don't slow down a little bit, nothing's ever going to be enough for me. And, and things aren't going to be as positive anymore in my life, you know, cause If you hit that ceiling in your business and you just, you always push for, for the best and you're in a perfectionist mindset, like where do you decide I've got to like chill out a little bit and actually like, you know, life is here too. Like I, I built this business so that I could have this life, Mm -hmm. you know, where do you take that time to step back and, and really look at that balance and, and like you said, calibrate
1: Right. I mean, that's the magic question right there. And I, I, maybe I have some insights. I don't know if I have any magic answers, but you know, as somebody who is a perfectionist and an achiever and like has, you know, it's like every day I feel like I'm starting with a clean slate and I need to earn so many points by the end of the day to feel good about myself. That is a continual, um, struggle for me. And, and, um, and that's, that, that is one of the things I realized was happening. It's like, I, um, both there were some upper limit problems, there were some things missing, and then there was just some burnout on on some of the things that I was uh, focused on. And, um, yeah, it's a classic question. I mean, like, I love uh, Stephen Pressfield's book, you know, The War of Art, which is about you hitting that resistance, right? But at the same time, I also like, um, is it Tony Schwartz's book, The Power of Full Engagement, where he talks about the importance of energy management, and how we have these cycles of energy in our day, in our week, our month, our life, and so it's like when I'm grinding, how do I know is this resistance meaning fear, doubt, um, upper limits, or is this like I just need to freaking chill out and give myself a break and be compassionate with myself because my mind and my body and my you know emotional energy well need to recharge. Um, and that takes some real um, honing of, of, of your own intuition and listening to yourself, and I'm still learning how to do that, though meditation has helped with that, journaling has helped with that. Having a mastermind and a coach have helped with that, um, because I'm getting, you know external reality checks, and I'm getting um, you know, journaling and meditation help me also be more aware of my my own authentic voice. Uh, And, and um, so that's a little esoteric, all that stuff that I'm saying right there. Um, But that's an ongoing um, struggle and something that I'm working on. But if somebody's going like, yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm working too dang hard. It's, I mean, it's so, as entrepreneurs, sometimes we can set these really arbitrary goals for ourselves, these really arbitrary thresholds of when we are good enough. And, um, it's, it's a blessing and a curse. So anybody that's in that position, I guess I would encourage you, you just got to try and see what works for you, but I would encourage you to play around with meditation. I would encourage you to play around with, oh, you know, gratitude journal every morning, writing down what, or, or like giving yourself credit for what has gone well. I'm horrible at doing that. So like saying like, at the end of the day, here's three awesome things that happened today, rather than, oh, dang it. Here's the five things that didn't happen today. Right. Um, and these seem like such simple things, but these are techniques that have helped me. And then having a coach that I check in with every week, both for accountability, but also for her to go like, look, you're doing great. Cut yourself some slack, you know? Um, you know, so that's a few things I guess I would, which for some people is not necessarily anything new, like, but you know, sometimes we forget to employ these tools yeah because it's ourselves in check
0: you ask them when was the last time you know you journaled or wrote down what you were grateful for and it's like oh yeah i started that like four months ago right cool cool (laughs) how long did it last uh like two days and then i just like you know got (laughs) sick and stopped or whatever right and and that's really what it is is like a lot of this is is probably nothing new to the people listening but it's a very solid reminder of you're probably not doing it (laughs) You know and and so that's huge for me i mean i'd be the first person to say that uh, i'm sure there's plenty of things that i should be doing like uh, for example my trainer at the gym is like you really need to do yoga and then i go to rowing Mm -hmm. and they're like you really need more flexibility and i'm like (laughs) all right fine like you win you know Mm -hmm. so so that reminder is good and, and having those people in place to give it to you is really important instead of just relying on yourself to to remind yourself because you know you are the reason why you stopped doing it in the first place right um so i, I really like that and so i'm just i'd love to hear from you you know you're in a very interesting transitional place now you know how are you approaching um you know this this moment of uncertainty uh, and creativity at the same time
1: mm. yeah so um I mean, in the spirit of giving myself credit, if I think back to how I felt before doing those personal retreats and even some of the insights I had on those personal retreats, but as, but going like, yeah, but how am I ever possibly going to pivot to get to this spot I need to be at and feeling like it was so far away and now comparing that to my day to day now and how I'm feeling, you know, a, a new level of energy and excitement and new projects and, um, a lot has happened even in just a matter of of six months. And here are some of the things that have held me, uh, during that, that pivot and that transition because it's a scary thing, right? Um, so the personal retreats were obviously helpful. Um, I, one of the biggest goals I had was just to get back in touch with myself and what I needed. Um, and there's a lot of great books and frameworks out there that help you do that. I mean, I love StrengthsFinder 2.0 um, by, uh, is it Tim Rath? Tom Rath, I always forget which, if it's Tim or Tom, but, um, you know, the Gallup Foundation puts that out. It's, um, you know, the Colby A. assessment you've got. I just took uh, my
0: Colby for the first time. Oh, yeah? A couple weeks ago, actually. Oh,
1: nice. Yeah. Um, You know, it's like self-awareness, right? Give yourself permission to be yourself. Um, Incidentally, and I love those things. I I tried referring back to those on those retreats and they just weren't working for me. Um, As far as like any insights of like, oh, this is what's missing. Right. Um, I turned to a book called The Desire Map by Danielle Laporte, which I don't remember why I downloaded it, but it was one of the ones I downloaded and took with me. Um, a lot of people I know speak very highly of Danielle Laporte. Um, I really respect the brand she's created for herself. I think she's a very smart woman and does amazing work. Um, you know, frankly, her style of brand doesn't always like appeal with me and that's fine. Like, you know, different things resonate with us, but for whatever reason, this book in that moment did it. And just to sum up it's because after going, and I went through it in like one weekend on one of these retreats and it was like, Basically, she said, instead of vision boarding, I found this interesting process of getting in touch like the, with like four or five or six of the core desired feelings you want to be having on a regular basis. And if you're not having those, why is it and what do you need to change? And that just really worked for me at the time. So the broader point here is not necessarily go and get the desire map, maybe, or go get strengths finder 2.0, maybe, but like try out different tools and get back in touch. Sometimes we need to do that. And because, again, it changes Sometimes you have to go back and, and reassess or find a different framework that helps that just for whatever reason in that moment gives you what you're looking for, the insight that you need. Um, I also read The One Thing while I was on one of these retreats, which was pretty insightful because I think it was a great time for me to ask the big question that he has in that book, which is, and you can ask it for any framework frame of time, and I was, I was asking it kind of for like the next five years. So the question in the book for those who have not read it is, what is the one thing that I can do? when it comes to, and you can fill in the blanks, my health, my relationships. my For me I was saying essentially my life's work such that everything else becomes easier or irrelevant. So it's like a focusing question. In fact, I think that's what he calls it is the focusing question. Hmm. So I was asking myself, what is the one thing I can do in the next three to five years when when it comes to my life's work such that everything else becomes easier or irrelevant? And I could just say no, shed it away, focus in. And the thing I wrote down in my book and in, in my journal, I was gonna grab it, but it's not sitting here, was <laughs> write a bestseller. And that was something I've had in the back of my mind, but it was always like a someday later, someday later, someday later. And for whatever reason, at this time, I'm like, nope, it is time to make this happen. I didn't know what the book was gonna be about. I really have a hard time writing every day. Uh, at that time, I didn't I didn't see how I was going to find the time to write a book, let alone figure out what it was going to be about, but that's what I wrote down, and I started making a singular focus, and the book talks about stacking up the dominoes kind of in a backwards planning way so that you know, you, you start in the present and you knock over one little domino that locks over a bigger domino and a bigger and a bigger and bigger until you're knocking over the Empire State Building size goal of write a bestseller. Um, Since then, a lot has lined up. I could not have imagined, you know, I'm like, well, what I need is a freaking sabbatical for my current business if I'm gonna do that. How in the world? But I have, you know, I have this business, it's providing money and it's creating value for customers and there are aspects of that that I enjoy, but I made it my focus, I made it my goal. Now, you know, not to get too long-winded about the story, but in that time, now I do have a habit of writing a thousand words every day. I started focusing on tiny habits that became bigger habits. I started by just sitting down and writing one sentence every day for as many days in a row until that time finally turned into, I think I'm ready to write 500 words a day. And then that finally turned into, I think I'm ready to write a thousand words a day. And I read a lot of book about, by writers and, 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 and found out like, why is it that I have such a contentious relationship with writing? And it's still there, but it's gotten way better. So it just became a singular focus. And it's to hire a woman to be a CEO of our business and run the day-to-day, right? And give myself 90% of my time back. I still do the show. I'm still one of the faces of the business. I still do the coaching. She does everything else. Mm. And so now I do have 30 to 40 hours a week I can focus on what is this book going to be? I started talking to everybody about, hey, I'm going to write a book. What's it about? I don't know yet. Now when I talk to them, I'm going to write a book. What's it about? I can tell them in a matter of about, you know, now I have a 30-second pitch. Very cool. But it was just like I threw one of the five things that I wrote down in my desire map. One of the core feelings was fascination, which a subset of that would kind of be curiosity. And what I did is I just started reading a lot and following my curiosity for several, well not several months, a few months. And and that is what led me to what I wanted my book to be about. Um, So I'm just kind of spitballing a bit some of the things that happened, but this desire map and following that and and creating tiny habits that are little dominoes that knock down bigger dominoes and, and having faith. I mean, it's like the classic Indiana Jones in the last crusade where he takes the step (laughs) and the bridge is there. That's what I did. And, and, and I, I had no idea how I was going to arrive at this place that I am now. I had no idea I was going to be living in New York city six months later. I had no idea I would know what my book was going to be about or that I'd have 40 hours a week to be able to work on it. But that's what's manifested and happened. Um, and a lot of those feelings that I was, that were alarms for me, red flags when I was living in Paris, which I thought I should just be elated out of my mind every single day. Um, You know, a lot of those are gone now. Not that I don't still have my doubts and struggles and, you know, energies of highs and lows and stuff, but it's amazing to see what has happened in the last uh, six months through that pivot process.
0: Yeah, man. And, And I think the best way to round this all out is it ultimately comes down to, you know, you just have to take that step. We've had so many amazing people on the summit who, you know, have shared their stories, have shared strategies, amazing books and resources. Um, I actually have a good one here by Sally Hogshead called uh, How Love the World that book. Sees You. Love uh, that book. And so that's a good one as well. And it, it, I can't express enough that. You know, it's one thing to sign up and watch all these videos, right? And you can read as many inspirational or motivational books as you want, go to see as many people talking, but until you actually take that step and start making the change in your life, you're not going to be on the path to to do this. To be able to look back in a few years and see how far you've gone, or even in your case for six months time. Uh, And so I, you know, I'm sure you agree with this. I can't stress enough how important it is that taking what you've learned from, from listening to this interview to listening to everyone else's and really starting to put at least something into action, you know, maybe going back to that question, what is the one thing that you can do right now to start making a change in your life? Yeah. You know, so it's, uh, it's been great speaking with you and thank you so much for sharing your story. And I'd love to share with everyone, what's the best way to keep track of you and, and your business and your book and things like that.
1: Yeah, so this new brand moving forward is going to be all about self-made influencers. And how do you, with everything that's happened on the internet in the last, and the, the new technologies in the, in the last decade and mobile technologies, like never been a better time to stand up, share your story and have an amazing impact in the world. And I love the work of people like Sally Hogshead along those lines, I'm going to be doing, my goal here is to do research across the board and interview as many self-made influencers as I can. Many of them you've interviewed right here on this on this summit. Um, and talk to them. And I want to boil that down into a kind of like a, a think and grow rich style. What are the commonalities between all these people? Um, not just that it's like, oh, they all have an email list. I think that's a given. We all know that. But like when it comes to telling your story, your mission, the meaning, uh, the branding, the, the authenticity, I don't know, like what are those seven pillars of self-made influence? And that's the book I want to write. And I think it's a great time because the world needs more voices, more people to act as a lens for all this wonderful human knowledge that we're creating every day. We need individuals to shine that human knowledge on on, on key problems and, and populations and inside places that need elevation in the way that they think and the way that they're inspired and the, and the solutions to their problems. If that speaks to you, jasonvanorden.com is uh, my personal brand and blog and where that journey will be unfolding
0: very cool well thanks so much for sharing your story with us jason and uh, everyone definitely check out that website and uh, i'm sure we'll be keeping in touch with you you know over the next few months here and seeing how stuff goes
1: absolutely my pleasure
0: hey everyone it's zeph did you like this episode be sure to subscribe so that you can tune in next week and tell a friend about the show if you want access to free training and exclusive interviews on success happiness, lifestyle design, and adventure, visit me at yearofpurpose.com. Until next time, go out and let life surprise you so that you can live a life rescripted.